Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Rise in Your 9 to 5 podcast, where I help quietly ambitious leaders who want to have meaningful and fulfilling careers, making an impact in the world. It's where strategy meets intuition to become a better leader with more joy, less stress, and endless impact. So let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that keeps you in a career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you are meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, and having it all. Or, as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of Rise in Your 9 to 5. I'm Liz. And if you are a a new middle manager and you're on a journey, not just to become a better leader, but really understand and value yourself along the way, you are in the right spot for this episode. You know, we've just started November as, as of the recording of this episode, and I'm can't help but think about as we're getting towards the end months of the calendar year, it is really a natural time for reflection. So today we're going to get into some reflection on a topic that so many of us wrestle with, imposter syndrome. So grab your cup of tea or coffee or your drink of choice and let's really jump into it. So first off, you have probably heard this term before. You may not have, but at this point, a lot of people have heard the term imposter syndrome. But one really interesting thing is, I don't know if you would know this, not a lot of people do, is that it was originally called imposter phenomenon. And in my world, I'm a bit of a word nerd. I love words. And I do think words matter. So the change from phenomenon to syndrome is really interesting because I've gone looking and I've looked in lots of different places and still to this day, I have not been able to figure out when it exactly changed. I don't know when. So if you're listening to this and you actually know that, can you please let me know? Because I'm very interested to know this. And the reason that I'm very interested in it is because that switch from phenomenon to syndrome could actually be reflective of that there is a lot of gender bias in our language. And so that switch could be related to that gender bias. And this is because the concept around syndrome or that the language of syndrome, it has a real air of severity. It, it has a lot packed into it that's often disproportionately affecting women in leadership roles. And the reason I mention this is because it's really interesting to know the historical origins of this concept is it first came out in 1978. There were two psychologists, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. In 1978, they put out a paper and their paper was based around their observations of patterns among high achieving women who were really struggling to internalize their success. So this phenomenon was about having a really hard time seeing yourself as successful despite having achieved success. And their research focused on women, even though research since then, and even in their paper, they recognized it, but research since then has really highlighted this. It is not just women that experience it. So it is more of a phenomenon, more of a pattern beyond women. 
But I can't help but wonder if one of the reasons implicitly it shifted, like it's probably no one who explicitly was thinking about it, you know, <laughs> Mr. Burns from Simpson style, you know, with the the, the uh, steeple hands and kind of plotting away to diminish women's power. Like I'm, I'm, I feel reasonably confident that is not what happened, but I can't help but wonder whether the fact that this was originally about women and we often hear about imposter syndrome around women, is there a gender bias in there? Is that part of why the language shifted? And I don't know, but I do wonder about that. So that said, Imposter syndrome, like I mentioned before, it is a very universal experience. There's one stat that gets thrown around. I've thrown it around myself, actually, in some of my work, is that, you know, up to 70% of people experience it at some point in their careers or their lives. They experience imposter syndrome. And it's essentially that you're doubting your own capability, even though there's evidence to the contrary. Even though you've had success, even though you knock your projects out of the park, you still doubt yourself. You still doubt whether you can do it. And the biggest way this comes up is that people think they're about to be found out. That's where the imposter part comes up because people are thinking, I'm going to be found out as a fraud. It's only a matter of time. You know, one thing that I've heard, I've heard this so many times from separate clients, like completely independently. They mentioned that they have this you know, I, I like to call it a daymare. They, they, you, know, you know, like there's nightmares, but this is a daymare happening in the day because my clients would tell me this recurring daydream of HR calling them up and saying, oh, there was actually a big mistake. You were not meant to be hired. And so this is recurring fear that you were actually hired by accident. And so returning to the idea of new middle managers, if you're a new middle manager, you might really identify with that if you're and identify with this phrasing around imposter syndrome and this idea that you might be found out. So if I wanted to do an episode on this, I do have other episodes that touch on imposter syndrome in other ways, but I wanted to share some of my core thoughts around it. And especially I'm going to be sharing something with you that is different and of a way of thinking about imposter syndrome. I haven't seen anyone else speak about it this way. This is this is how I've always thought about it. So what I'm starting to call it is the four corners of self-doubt. And basically this idea that imposter syndrome isn't a one-size-fits-all experience. And there's different authors who've written about this in other ways and the different types of imposter syndrome and how it might show up for you. What I looked at, I'm going to be talking about are the systemic issues, the cultural biases that can feed into imposter syndrome. And I'll be talking about how I don't like calling it imposter syndrome for lots of reasons, including earlier what I mentioned about potentially having a gender bias to that phrasing. I much prefer the term imposter messaging. Imposter messaging, that there's a message out there or inside of yourself that you don't belong. And so that's where the piece around systemic issues really come into play. So for example, you get promoted into middle management, you're now sitting at the table, you're paying closer attention to what's happening. And you look around the table, and you don't see anyone who looks, sounds, or seemingly thinks like you. And suddenly you feel completely out of your element because you feel like you don't fit in. And you're trying to figure out, how can I be authentic here? Who am I to be at this table? And at the same time, either consciously or unconsciously, you're also recognizing that you're in this situation of potential bias, 
and there are different histories and cultures in your organization that you that you may or may not feel like you belong as part of it. And this is really challenging for new middle managers, right? If you're a new middle manager, it's potential that you were a supervisor before. There's also good potential that you were a high a high level individual contributor and then moved into that more middle manager position. Either way, that's a really challenging spot to be in. You're in the squeeze between senior execs who who hold a lot of the decision-making power and a number of people, but you end up feeling squeezed between the two. And with this imposter messaging, what happens, you have these four corners of doubt that I mentioned. So let's talk about that for a second. I, I want you to imagine a two by two kind of matrix or table. So imagine that. So on one axis, you have the type of doubt or the type of messaging that comes up. And I like to think of it as being either chronic or acute. Okay. So chronic means that it's a message that's really lasting over time. Whereas acute is something that's really short, it's specific, it's a very short duration, it's like a flare up and then it goes away. So that's one axis for this matrix. So on the other axis for the matrix is the source. And this, both of these aren't talked about very much, but I think especially the source is really not talked about enough. The source can either be internal or external. So internal sources are kind of like the little gremlins in our mind, that little whisper of a voice that's not always so nice to us, versus an external source can be anything from your workplace culture, societal expectations, or all the way to an explicit message that someone tells you, something that they tell you. Someone literally tells you something that makes you feel like you don't belong. So we have this matrix, right? These four corners of doubt that make up these imposter messages. And I think this is really important to identify which imposter message you're experiencing because often the solution is going to vary depending on which one you're experiencing. And often it just simply really helps to understand and see, oh, for example, this concept of imposter syndrome for a lot of people are like, oh, I'm totally having it. Well, but which imposter message are you actually having? Like it really helps you to, to see your situation when you can articulate it. Okay, so let's talk about these four corners in this matrix. So corner one is our chronic internal. So the chronic internal variety is really the kind of the bog standard imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon as, as we hear about it. That's like the internal echo that you hear repeating over and over, over time, right? Like this is, this might have been, you know, might not have been with you your whole life, but it's certainly been with you longer than the last week or so. And there's this message that happens inside your, your own brain, basically saying you don't belong here. You didn't deserve it. And it just, it, it, it's always there kind of like this hum in the back of your mind. And when you're a new middle manager, this, you might, you probably would have experienced this before, but this would be like, you're constantly feeling like you didn't deserve it or, you know, that you, that you're not as capable to be there. This, like I said, this is very classic imposter phenomenon as we've, as we've learned about it over, uh, over time since the, since the concept first came out. Okay. Then you have, so sorry, that's chronic, that's corner one, chronic internal. 
Then you have corner two, chronic external. So chronic external, self-doubt or messaging, this comes out of systemic issues. So with this kind of imposter message, it's, it's less about that internal dialogue. Like the internal dialogue is there, but often you're, all, you're really grappling with a work culture that's not exclusive or not inclusive, or you have a lot of people have, are facing societal issues, unconscious bias issues that are at play in the broader society, but then especially in the workplace. You know, you might be in, in a culture, like your organizational culture, maybe they only reward really loud, aggressive voices, you know, the, the corporate narcissists out there. And you're sitting there, you're there because you want to lead a great team. You want to motivate people. You want to make things better. You want to be part of something bigger than yourself, right? A lot of that comes with this terminology that, that I use around quiet ambition. You're quietly ambitious. There's a quiet ambition there. And so it just, you're getting these messages chronically that you don't belong, right? And I mentioned earlier that idea that you're sitting at a table and you look around, you know, raise your hand if you're like me and you've been at plenty of tables where you're an only, right? An only woman, an only person of color, um, an only who thinks a certain way, right? If you're neurodivergent or we can say, or neurospicy, I'd like to call myself. Right? You're looking around and everyone else seems to think or they look or they sound or how, how they're approaching things all seem very different and they all seem the same and you feel very different. right? If that's happening consistently over time, that's a chronic external imposter message. Okay. Now let's go over to corner three. So corner three is our acute internal this is when you're typically fine, right? You, so you don't really identify with those other stories of feeling this chronically over time. You're typically very, very fine. But then something happens. And inside of yourself, you all of a sudden find yourself spiraling. Maybe there is a deadline coming up or a critical task that suddenly you're doubting your own capability in being able to, to do whatever it is. This is like your, your own mind is ringing imposter alarm bells, and especially it usually happens just when you don't need it. So if you're a new middle manager, a good example of this would be if you've never identified with imposterism or imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it, never identified it with ever in your career before, and suddenly you get a new promotion, new scope of responsibilities, and you're like, oh my gosh, how can I even do this? I'm maybe I didn't deserve it. I'm going to fail. Those, those kinds of imposter messages would be an acute internal message. And then that leaves us with our final corner, which is the acute external. These are the ones like, like the acute internal, like it, it kind of flares up. It's not something that's been happening uh, chronically over time, but a flare up happens the difference, though, here is that it's triggered by something happening externally to you. So an event happens or somebody says something and you get the flare up questioning yourself, feeling self-doubt. So it could be a project didn't go very well and you get this flare up 
And it's not just a flare up of, of feeling badly about the project or, you know, questioning how it went. It's a, it's a little stronger than that. It's it, because it didn't go well. It leaves you questioning whether you're actually capable of that role. Maybe you don't actually belong there. Maybe you are faking it and people are going to realize that that you're not actually deserving of that role. Right. So it's not just simply that a project didn't go well. It's like, what does that experience trigger in terms of those internal um, thoughts that you're having? But a bigger one that is often happens more that usually triggers it, especially acutely, is someone says something. So maybe a colleague implies that your success, you know, isn't really because of what you did. Um, for a lot of people, they might get a snide. It's sort of passive aggressive is almost aggressive, but a microaggressive comment of like, oh, a diversity hire right? Little comments like that, little things that just chip away at confidence. Now, the difference here from the chronic is that whatever happens, it creates that acute flare up and you experience it. But then it come back down, you're able to come back down versus that you're seeing it over and over and over over time. Okay. But whatever it is, even if even if you come back down, usually what happens is you go down a bit of a rabbit hole of self-doubt, right? It can be really hard to pull yourself out of that, okay? So those are our four corners of self-doubt, the four types of imposter message. So before we before we end and kind of wrap up, though, let's, let's get a little bit actionable. I want to give you a couple of ways of handling it, of when these things happen. Now, the very first thing I want you to do is regardless of which imposter message or which corner of doubt is happening for you, I want you to confront it head on. I want you to be able to acknowledge that that half the thought happened, right? And this imposter message, whichever of the four quadrants it is, essentially it's then translating into our mind. So we want to be able to acknowledge it without giving it power. You know, one of the biggest mistakes we can do is just try to ignore it. It's like we're trying to run away from it. And that only lasts so long until it starts catching up with you, until all these imp imposter messages just pile up and they can be such a heavy weight. So we have to be able to recognize when they're happening, acknowledge it. And what you'll notice over time is that it's not as difficult to recognize it, to confront it, to acknowledge it, and to work through it. Okay, so let's also give you some actionable strategies depending on which quadrant you most identify with. So let's start with the acute internal, right? That's when all of a sudden a message flares up inside yourself. Like you're just, it just all of a sudden comes out of the blue and you're hit with it. When this happens, one thing you can do is, you know, jot down all of your achievements that you've had, things that you've had successes in the past, your strengths. Really think about how far you've already come in your career rather than letting the overwhelm of the current situation or fears about an upcoming task overwhelm you. And what also can be really helpful is keeping a brag file or for those of you who caught the episode with Melissa, we called it a smile file. That's what she called it. It was a wonderful phrase. Keep a smile file that you can refer back to that can remind you of how amazing you are. Okay. You really want to be able to reflect on those achievements and competencies when these flare-ups happen. It's a fantastic time to remind yourself of just how amazing you are. Okay. Now let's look at acute external. 
right? Remember, that's that external messaging that it may be explicit, right? Someone may literally say something to you or you overhear something that is an imposter message. But it also can be implicit, right? You're looking around at the table and you're not like anyone else, right? Remember that. So that's that ex acute external. I really want you to challenge the comment. And I don't necessarily mean challenge it out loud, although if you really want to work on, on um, confronting unconscious bias, that is something we could do. And maybe I'll do a whole episode around that, bring in a guest expert. So as an aside, let me know if that's what, something you want me to do. But what I mean by challenge a comment, I mean within yourself, right? Because that's essentially where we're dealing with these imposter messages is how it's resonating within our own minds. And the, a really great way to challenge it is to ask yourself, is this really about me or is this about the other person's perception or even their bias? Okay. Really, when you think about that, and this is linked actually back to one of the most recent episodes I did talking about self-doubt in meetings, where you can even take it a step further and not just challenge it, but question. I wonder like, oh, is there any truth? Is there any truth to this? And by truth, what I mean, is there anything that I want to take away from this? Is there anything I can use from this to grow, to better myself, to improve who I am, right? And really come at it from that more curious perspective. And if there's not, that's where that other challenging part comes in, right? Thinking, oh, that tells me a lot about their perception. Or that tells me a lot about their bias. I got some good information there with that comment or this situation. Okay, That's your acute external. Now let's look at your chronic external, okay? So that's when chronically over time, there's this external messaging where you're feeling like you don't belong. Now for this, I really want you to make sure you have a support network, a really strong support network. You want to have allies within your organization. You want to have sponsors. You, you may have mentors as well, but you really want to have a strong allies, uh, ally network, and especially to have sponsors. Okay. Mentors can be helpful, but sponsors are those people who are going to put your name for it and are going to make things happen for you. It's also really helpful to talk to people and to explicitly ask them about how they perceive your strengths and where, where they perceive you as going, right? Really put people into that positive mindset and giving positive feedback is so powerful to come at things from your strength perspective. Right. So this is kind of similar to what, you know, I said earlier there about the acute internal, which is, you know, jotting down your achievements and keeping that smile file. Well, when you're having chronic external imposter messaging, really, it's really powerful then to also get the external positive messaging from people. So really make sure you have that network. And then we have our classic imposter phenomenon, the chronic internal. So this is right where you're having it. It's chronically over time. And a classic version of this that I've often heard is like, you're looking at your resume and you just can't believe that it's actually you, right? You're in this new position and you just still can't believe you got it. And you can't shake this feeling that you maybe didn't deserve it, right? Even though you had all of these accomplishments, okay? So for this, one of the things you might want to think about is getting some more professional support. So a leadership coach or even EAP or a therapeutic approach can be really helpful. And there's lots of different techniques to then 
to be able to really shift those mindsets and be able to come up with more powerful thoughts and really be able to see yourself in that more powerful way. So that's really can be really helpful. I also want to make a plug for looking at group leadership programs. So one of the reasons I do group leadership programs is because I've seen the power that happens when you get a group of folks together who are very different and come from different industries and from different backgrounds, different walks of life, and yet have that shared core philosophy around quiet ambition, showing up at being authentic, um, doing leadership for the right reasons, right, to make the organization better, to lead great teams, to contribute to something bigger than yourself, right? You come together and you go through leadership exercises and coaching, reflection, you know, guided conversations like that. That's a really, really what a group coaching program is all about. That is so powerful. So I wanted, I just want to make a plug for group coaching in general around these concepts. Yeah, I would love, obviously would love to see you in my program, but it doesn't even have to be my program, but I would love for you to think about that have a thing, see what's available to you. If you're, if you feel called, you can check out my program. It's the mintambition.com slash bootcamp for my program. But anything where you can get into that group environment, a trusted group environment to share what you're going through is so powerful for chronic internal imposter messaging. So there we go. This has been a big conversation, a big topic around imposter phenomenon and these different types of imposter messages that you might be encountering and when you're a new middle manager it's just it's really natural to have one if not possibly more but one of these corners of self-doubt to crop up having these imposter messages you know popping up in your mind it's really natural and when you're starting to question yourself you're like oh do I belong is this am I really cut out for this I, one thing I really want you to remember and hear me on this is that you do belong. You are meant to lead. You are amazing. You can do this. You're going to get through it. I believe in you and I believe you're going to do amazing things. So with that, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your day and week and I'll see you back here next week for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, before you go, make sure you click to follow the show. This way, you don't have to go looking for the latest episode. I'll come to you. Just click the plus button or the follow and you'll get the latest episode fresh off the press. Thanks again. And remember that you are amazing. Now get out there and rise.